Today, this American Dice plays a two-person RPG, The Last One. The world is in ruins, and you are too. The Last One is a game about fear, the hope to save what you care for, the regret of what's been lost, consumed by the end of the world. Austin and David sit down to play this post-apocalyptic nightmare by Alberto Tronchi. Join us, won't you? Here on this, American Dice. Go for it. All right, here we go. Hey, this, this game's called The Last One. We're going to see how it goes. The Last One? Yeah. Right, the first time we've played The Last One. The first time the last one was played was today. This is a game for two players. One will be called you and will play the last one who tries to save himself. The other will be called the other, controlling the world that is trying to fuck you. Together, you will share an interesting tale. So, yeah, very confusing to me reading this. <laughs> Your volume was like, you just gave up? Yeah, well, um, these uh, terms are very confusing. So, you mm-hmm. is the player okay in this case you so i guess that makes sense maybe as maybe it's not as a uh, obtuse as i was thinking and i'm the other it's like a hey Vern, it's Ernest situation right. where Vern <laughs> is you you are Vern. uh-huh so when Ernest speaks to Vern, he's speaking to you right okay i think we got it so the first thing uh you want to do is uh write down three fears they say like oh use use inspiration from your own life or just it can be three random things, and the idea to just spoil it for you is I'm going to mush them together into what caused the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So just like, um, yeah, they have examples if you're stumped, I guess. But just like things, um, well, I guess they gave one sentence about it. They're created by you and used by the other to characterize the mood and the of the scenes and will be the center for the setting. Okay. So three of those things. Like how, this, how sharp this pencil is? Yeah. That's the first thing I fear. Yeah, sharp, really sharp pen, pencils you can do surgery with. Lance your boil. Um, hmm, so three fears. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with an obvious one. Oh, here we go. Um, here's some more explanation. Um, something that makes you uneasy, troubles you, or what you wouldn't want to face uh, personally. These went from very specific to much more abstract. Okay. Um, well, did you have fun doing that? Because now you get to do another one. Okay, fun. Do you, uh, just one of these make a hope. A hope. So this is how they describe this. Um, something you truly care for. Uh, this could be something you empathize with. Um, for instance, like your fears, this should matter to you. Uh, if you don't give a fuck, this isn't going to be a fun game. All right, so a hope, something you're hopeful about. Yeah, something you empathize with, something you would, like, fight for, I guess. And that is essentially all they, they give you, so you can be as broad or specific as you want. All right. So I like how also the thing that I wrote, I could you, you could easily view that as a fear, too. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, all right, then it goes into um, kind of the world. It's like, think of the worst post-apocalyptic movie you saw it's way worse than that oh my gosh i assume they mean in regard to how bad the apocalypse is and not in regard yeah. to like the movie's just a real stinker <laughs> well they don't specify okay true um untold numbers are suffering um but there's still hope um like a light in the darkness a safe house and the idea is through this um, you're going to gather a few remaining things that you still possess and take to the road seeking your last chance at survival you are not alone someone you care for uh, or something that matters to you the most, which I assume is the hope, um, is out there, and only you can save it, no matter the cost. 
So, how, how are you choosing to look in this? How am I choosing to look? Yeah. Your um, character. My character is a professional Bradley Cooper impersonator. Oh, interesting. No. Uh, how silly do you want this to be? Do you want to try to have this be serious? Uh, we can try, but I don't think we have to stick to it too hard. I, I knew I was getting into playing with you. Well, I, I, I know, <laughs> but if you if you want to, if, if uh, in a two-person game, that kind of silliness might not function as well um, without as many people like bounce things off of. So do you want to see how this plays if you play it straight? Sure. Yeah, let's try that. I'm sure funny things will happen okay. anyway, which is fine. So uh, this character is a chef. Anything else, sir? That's it. That's all. <laughs> they're it, just a, are they a, wearing they're like just a cipher? The chef out, like the hat and everything? Um, I mean, they didn't just get off of work. <laughs> you never know. Uh, they're wrapped in prosciutto. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're into chef sex play. Uh, they're dressed like chef from South Park. No. Um, oh, did you finish um, Pig? No, okay. I still haven't. I still haven't kicked it on yet. All right. I was gonna, there's a really good chef in that. I was going to say, oh, that guy, but never mind. Um, just just for the sake of it, I'll say that this person is wearing their like chef's whites, like the coat. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. but otherwise, just jeans. Yeah. So I guess. Why I was specifically asking is, like, everyone knows your chef just by looking at you. Oh, sure. Oh, he, of course, has, like, a bunch of tattoos. Of, oh, like, yeah. here's, like, a chef's knife, and here's... Here's a carrot. <laughs> yeah, and here's... Uh, yeah, we just, like, it says, like, like bacon or bust on 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 his, on his neck. Yeah, so he's just covered in tattoos, and he's wearing the chef's white coat, and mm-hmm. um, he looks like... Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in a different direction. Um, Andrew, it's his name is like Pascarelli. He's the guy who plays the mayor's assistant in Book of Boba Fett. He's not a Twi'lek. Okay. Did you see Veep? No. <laughs> uh, like a tough guy or? Nope, not at all. all. Right. Um, then Adrian Brody. This guy just looks okay, like. Gotcha. This guy I'm describing looks like Smarmy or Adrian Brody. Oh, is that possible? Ooh. <laughs> take take that pianist <laughs> got him and uh, what are these fears that you uh, wrote out well do you want the least concrete or the most concrete first well um, <laughs> let, the ant- let's hear the, the most thing. Who knows? concrete sure no it's lizards oh yeah lizards I don't like lizards um, the next one is Dis- debilitating disease or injury. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And then unthinking behavior. Oh, okay. Like There's I some said, overlap there. That's good. Like I said, um, m- most concrete to least concrete. And these are mine now. No, my lizards. <laughs> also, my secret hope. <laughs> that lizards go extinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, am I supposed to know your hope? Apparently not. Oh, you're not supposed to know that? Uh, they don't tell me yet. Oh, never mind. And now, <laughs> what's your hope? Okay. It's youthful exuberance for change. Oh, interesting. Okay. Very abstract. That, that's cool. Yeah, I got substantially more abstract as we went. Yeah. No, I like that. Those are good. All right. Oh, you actually get to choose a safe place, too. So this is kind of like the end goal. So they say uh, it's a sanctuary, the light in the darkness 
that will guide your steps to salvation. The place where in lies your last chance. You said that there's another character that's like a NPC type character that's going to be with me or I'm going to be dealing with? Um, theoretically, based on this hope. Okay. So then it shouldn't be like, get to where that person is because the person's going to be dealing with me throughout. Yeah. So it shouldn't be like, Princess Peach's castle, where she is, like kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, it could be, I mean, um, to talk it out, it could be uh, somewhere where there's like a youthful exuberance still or something. For, but yeah, it might be good to get them to safety. I don't know. Up to you. I'm going to say um, my aunt and uncle's house um, outside of town. Why are they safe? Is it like a, a big mansion or? I think it's a place that I just associate with as safe. It's like kind of like off on its own. Oh. And um, I associate it as safe. No, so it might not even be a, it might not even be safe. It's almost just a, a mental safety. Yeah. Interesting. And I think it connects to youthfulness. Like maybe as a, as a, as a youth, I spent a lot of time there. And so like view it as safe and like positive. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you think it would be um, um, physically protected somehow? Like maybe it's like an island on an island, or like in a mountain, or sure, it's one of those. It's kind of in the mountains. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Take the fierce post-it notes and read them. Briefly narrate how the world fell apart. Be sure to generate the story using the three fears. Let's see. We got lizards, unthinking behavior, debilitating disease or injury. So. I mean, the easiest thing I think to combine that is um, I fear I'm going to make a like lizard zombie type things, but maybe mm -hmm. it's some kind of horrifying like body horror thing. These lizards, they can like, if they bite somebody, they like transform people into like these weird lizards. Maybe it like interacts with like the, the lizard part of your brain and it turns these people into these like scaly, just mindless creatures. How's that so? If that's what you want to do, you want to turn it, go like a zombie route, that's fine. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, uh, let's see. I guess another thing would, could be, um, the other thing I was thinking with lizards is uh, like a invasion of like the reptilian people. Um, that could be interesting. And they're kind of um, trying to create a, a docile, um, I don't know, like species to take over. That's why they're, you know, becoming unthinking creatures like humans are. Which one of those do you think is more interesting route? Invasion uh, or zombie plague? What if we switch the zombie plague up to there's some kind of thing where if these lizards bite you or there's some kind of uh, that the lizard brain in people makes them kind of behave unthinkingly like they like their higher mind shuts down and they behave kind of like as these animals so they're not necessarily like i've turned into reptilicus the beast <laughs> right. with scales and tail but instead like their lizard brain is the only thing that's kind of left so they're still wandering around yeah i like that doing that so it's not quite so it's kind of zombie but um without necessarily the body horror thing yeah that seems fair I don't know, unless unless you were really uh, jazzed for that or have a hard time incorporating the other part without that. 
stuff. Ooh, debilitating disease. Or, or you were excited about describing the lizard transformation. <laughs> I was a little bit, but that's okay, fine. Then, yeah. just, just, okay. just go with your first thought then. Um, especially if just like the bite injuries are pretty bad. That sounds like fun to describe. So maybe we'll see as we go. All right, and now could you get those um, two decks of cards and just shuffle them up together? Shuffle both decks together. Yeah. All right. I am now taking the two decks of cards, each 52. Four suits in each. So far as I know. So far, 52 cards in each deck. 104 cards total, I believe. <laughs> now, are there jokers in this deck, sir? No, indeed. All there right. 104. <laughs> now, did you remove the instructions for how to play poker? Yeah. All right. There should only be 52. Now, are these all playing cards, or is there also a business card in here? Well, tell you what. Do you, how's your car's extended warranty? Oh, well, I... Wait a minute. How did you know? All right, so as you're shuffling those up, we've got seven moments, and then, then the game's over. Mm -hmm. And we alternate between who's getting narrative control. Okay. Of. Um, I believe it starts with, uh, with me. All right. Yeah. And we're also alternating in time frames. So it's going to start in the after, so post-apocalyptic. And then when we switch to you, you're going to narrate something from before mm -hmm. the apocalypse. Okay. And once we do, um, when it's my turn, um, I'm going to just be narrating stuff. And then when something happens and you're like, uh, uh, that doesn't sound like a good idea, I think I have a choice to make. For instance, like... Uh, a hedgehog comes and he bites bites your toe off. Mm -hmm. You're like, hold on, I don't know about that hedgehog. He's so fast and blue. I have to make. I would like to make a choice to try to avoid this. Okay. And then we use these cards to see who does it. And once three of those are done, then it goes to the the before time. We switch over. Gotcha. So three choices. Yeah. You, are you waiting to shovel? I'm trying to he make sure to get your description mm -hmm. of what's going gotcha. on there without okay. being like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Um. You oh, you you've seen mid-sentence. No, I think that, that's essentially it. And then some of these cards have like weird um, rules to them. Mm -hmm. It's mostly the face cards and aces. But aside from that, you're just trying to get the highest highest card. Okay. So it's a little like blackjacky, I guess. But how is blackjacky? You hear from her lately? Yeah, she, I love her. <laughs> slightly better at this as I do it, as I don't regularly shuffle cards. Who would have thought, old Cincinnati yeah. Slim over here yeah. doesn't regularly shuffle cards. I remember us playing blackjack all the time when we were just like, we're just chatting, let's play some blackjack. Yeah. In retrospect, that was always so goofy because it's like, with nothing on the line, it's always like, yeah, why wouldn't you just keep going? <laughs> oh no, 29. <laughs> You're at 20, hit me. You're at 21. Oh, you win. Hit me again. Okay. <laughs> All right, so to, to make the first scene, I draw three of these, and each one has, like, a random word, mm -hmm. and I'm using these to uh, to kind of inspire me. So we've got a queen of spades, which is stress, knight of diamonds, which is sacrifice, and a four of clubs. The fool. Oops, that's a four of spades. Sensorial damage. Sensorial damage. What does sensorial mean? Like damage to your senses, right? I guess so. Huh. I should probably... That seems like a a good guess, if not exactly correct. All right. I'll go with that. 
So stress, sacrifice, and sort sensorial damage. Yeah. Oh, we got the three S's, and it's reptiles. They're hissing at us. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Then the good life. Okay. Yes. When so when a choice happens, we draw them. All right. At that point, we're gonna draw seven, but we don't have to worry about that yet. Okay. So I'm just gonna describe stuff. I'm gonna try and go as broad as possible to keep this under an hour. We'll see. <laughs> so I think it is. Um, it's like a hot day. It's like summer, um, and we're some place in the U.S. Who knows? But there's a maybe we just see um, just you know apocalyptic scenery. Just the uh, old cars. They're just there's um, like a line of them as if they're in you know just abandoned on the street, and they've been picked clean. Most of them. It's probably been a while since civilization was here. Um, I think, it, oh, it might be more fun to be in, like, suburbs. We're not even in a city. Maybe you can see, like, um, attentive viewers will be able to see some, like, tall buildings maybe on, like, the uh, horizon. But here we're on, in the suburbs, so it's just, uh, you know, like the cookie-cutter kind of houses all at once. Some of them, um, or I guess many of them are, like, boarded up. Others are just, maybe there's one that's just, um, like, a blackened hulked hulk. Sorry, a blackened hulk, like a, it exploded at some point. Um, and I think we see, did, does the chef have a name? Or is he just like the chef or the wanderer or something? Uh, yeah, in in the credits of this movie, very like an, uh, Cormac McCarthy style, which is, mm-hmm. is what I'm feeling this is trying to em, uh, emulate here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this character would just be labeled chef. Gotcha. Okay, so we th- see this the chef guy. He's in. You said the uh, those whites. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell he's a chef. Maybe they're probably just gray at this point. They're stained everywhere. Wearing those jeans. Um, those, maybe we see some of those tattoos, like on the his forearms or something mm-hmm. poking out. Um, is he part of like a group or anything? I hadn't been considering that. I was viewing this very much like a the road situation. That's fine. Um, I mean, it, it, let's let's go. Uh, let's keep it how you you initially yeah. thought. Then, so yeah, just, so no, on, on his on his own, just wandering alone. Um, it's just like sweltering. It's um, maybe like wipes some sweat off his forehead here, and I think maybe he stops somewhere to uh, maybe next to one of these cars, these emptied out cars. To um, just pry open the um, like the trunk, with uh, maybe like it used to be a chef's knife, but now it's just basically like a file that you use as a crowbar kind of mm-hmm. thing to pry this trunk open. And um, you know, <laughs> what? It's just very um. It's, it's just very uh like like I'm a I'm in one of the gangs from the Warriors. Yeah, everything, exactly. everything is chef related. Yeah. Like, I tried to drive, but instead I get in my car with pizza wheels. Listen, this is the first time we see this character. We really have to drive it home that he's a chef. <laughs> There's, um, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I was like, oh, it's the knife. It's like a restaurant brand, but I don't know any, so who cares? It looked like at one point this was a fancy knife, but no longer is the point. And you pr- kind of pry it open eventually, and um, you just see it's just like magazines and just garbage. And you're like, goddamn. Um. I think he for, he takes a second, he looks at the magazines, and just kind of a human moment of 
we see this character in this, like the sun is blasting down on it as if it was in like an Arizona, like a the suburbs outside of like Phoenix, Arizona, or something yeah. like that, where it's like super, super hot. And this guy kind of like squints his eyes and looks up to uh, make sure he knows which way he's like continuing to go. And he looks at these magazines, and it's all. Um, yeah, I was actually gonna say, if you want to look around these magazines, um, and maybe you find something good, if you want to try and make a, one of your your first of your three choices. Sure. Cool. So in that case, we both draw seven cards. So I'll just deal now. Okay. these yeah okay so do i keep them secret yeah okay uh so yeah maybe i should explain this as i was going but call for a choice when you feel it's um a, a way to save your life or so you can save the, the your hope mm-hmm. and oh you call for a choice to communicate to me to uh, stop for now and draw all these cards. So, let's see. This is like the mechanic, right? So, okay. So you choose one or two um, to put face down in front of you. And the reason, and you add them up. And mm-hmm. the strategy is you don't draw extra cards usually. So okay. these seven are for the, you're the doing this three game. times. Okay. So you only draw them at the next time we switch. Okay. So that's why it's like, well... Sometimes you don't want to use both. Maybe you want to use just one. Or if this is like, well, I, this choice isn't... If I don't find a magazine, it's not a big deal. So maybe it's just one, and you're saving them for later, right? And whatever it is, you add them up. But there's some interesting cards, right? Aces are always one. Mm-hmm. And if you play a one, or if anyone plays an ace, and uh, you lose, then I draw a card no matter what. Okay. If an ace was played. Gotcha. So I can get another card that way. Um, if a jack was played, it has the same value as the weakest card that was played so far. Oh, and if you, if whoever played the jack loses, they can choose to draw it back to their hand if they want. So it's basically like, I don't want this, I don't want to win this time, is what jack means. Okay. And queen is five, but um, any card you play with it, it adds one to that value. So let's say you played a 10 and a queen, mm-hmm. that would be 15, but plus one, 16. Okay. And so it's a five on its own, but a six with everything else. Yeah, if you play it with something else. Okay, except for a jack, because then when you're playing a jack... It would be the lowest plus one. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, and a king is ten, um, but whoever plays the king, the other person draws a card. Okay. And everything else is just the number. Got it? And those are the only interesting ones. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot, but I think when we do yeah, it a couple times... I'll, I'll give it a shot. Just the face cards are the only ones you have to worry too much about. Okay. So this is just to see if you... I guess if, if I win, I could say... Well, I'll, I'll... I'll. It's kind of interesting, whoever wins. I'm just going to play one. So you're just going to play one card? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll do the same. Oh, okay. Actually, this is important. So... Hold on a second before we reveal these. Um, if any player is unhappy with the results, both players can add another card. So you can keep like raising 
um, starting with a losing player. And would you do that face up right away? No, you do it face down, but then you can add it. You can keep adding them, okay. but you keep yeah. It's like that's the poker part of it. All right. So first of all, let's see if we like these results. You put in a seven. I put down a five. Okay. So in this case, I would win. Are you okay with that? Um. Yeah, we should see something bad happen at yeah. the start of things. So I'm okay with that too. If we weren't okay, then we put down a face down one mm -hmm. and like, all right, do you keep going until one of us says like, that's enough cards, and then you would do it, and then you can keep racing after that to just lose all your cards essentially. So since I won, this one goes away. And, oh, that one goes away too. Do they go in the same pile of discarded cards or? Yeah. Okay. And the other win, so you. Mm -hmm. narrate how the situ situation goes to hell in spite of your best efforts. So you get to narrate now um, how it goes bad, and then I take back over. Um, so essentially whoever loses the card um, narrates the result. So oh, it would okay. be the opposite. Gotcha. If you would want. So, um, so we see this chef, he's pried open this thing. I'm going to adjust how you described this sure. uh, to make it, I think, make more sense, in my opinion, okay. me mechanically. Um, he used this knife to... He used like a like a crowbar or a pry bar type thing to pry things up, and then we do see him take out this like chef's knife, and it is messed up, but we see him kind of put it under there to try to like wiggle open like part of the latch mm -hmm. for the, the trunk. Yeah. And... He looks in here, and he sees that there's magazines and newspapers, and he's kind of going through these to see if he can find anything useful or anything interesting. And I think he spots maybe a newspaper, and he picks it up to look at the date. And um, that maybe gives the audience an idea yeah. that, like... The lizard disease. Oh, I was going to say, like, this is in the future. Oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's terrible disease linked to reptiles or something yeah it, it has it has a headline that's something about that but it's still very broad mm -hmm. i don't even think it's that specific uh that's like terrible disease question mark so um <laughs> he's kind of doing that and he um like again uses the newspaper to kind of shade his eyes for a second and he rests his elbow on the the trunk and so the thing of the trunk goes down and he hadn't done his due diligence of looking inside the car mm -hmm. and there's a person in the car who's like woken up and flips the hell out mm. and um, just like starts screaming at him and uh, it's this woman with like really like um, kind of disheveled hair and he just grabs his shit like he had put down his uh, like a duffel bag that he was carrying like kind of over one shoulder mm -hmm. and he kind of steps back almost tripping over the thing and grabs it and he's just gonna try to keep running in the direction he was headed mm, okay yeah and yeah that's that's pretty bad for sure um I mean I can I can keep escalating it with that if you want but no that seems good um oh maybe um oh maybe it's disgusting like her her eyes are just like uh, gone they're, like there's just like empty sockets trying to put in sensorial damage so um yeah it's even worse she maybe like tries to run after him but it's um you know it's not that hard and she kind of 
does that you know she kind of uh like bends down and has her hands out like trying to to sense where he might have gone but um yeah maybe he um he just ducks into a house right and it's this like big like two-story kind of house um maybe the window is broken so he um, looks in and he kind of is very um you know aware of oh this is dangerous there might be people hiding in this especially because it's a bigger house so he's kind of watching from this woman um on the street kind of trying to sense where he is just um slowly kind of walking around as if she kind of is still able to um like hear him or sense him and he's just peering out from this window but he well maybe he puts he's like on on uh he sits down and puts his back against the uh the window to kind of look around this house that could also be a danger so maybe he uh he's creeping kind of creeps out um to get away from this window and just it's like in the movie this is like a long scene of him just like silently going from like the couch and then looking back at the window and she kind of is maybe wandering somewhere else and he goes to another piece of furniture and looks back and it's like all right maybe i'm safe now and he kind of looks around and it doesn't look like it's really reinforced so maybe he just says it since it's the audience you know reinforced so there's probably no one living here is what i mean by that um so he's like all right well there might still be scraps maybe he says it out loud right so we know what he's doing so he's looking into um looks in the kitchen but it's just pick clean looks um you know we just see uh you know all the cabinets you know there's like a montage of like slamming all the cabinet doors not slamming but shutting them all and then he uh looks up the stairs you know and there might be a maybe it was carpet at one point and part of the carpet's like ripped up and he's like uh, just kind of squints um looks back out to where the window was and then he just like slowly is taking he takes his first step up this you know staircase that like creaks a little bit just takes another you know very carefully up and i think at the last minute uh, maybe, maybe he's like halfway up the staircase um he um looks down and he's just hit a tripwire that's just almost like dental floss okay it's probably dental floss theory, like literally that's um in this thing and he's like oh this is a booby trap unless you want to make a choice or anything yeah i can do that did you see the they did a make for tv movie remake of uh swiss family robinson no and it was in the like late 90s and the family was i think the dad was a dentist and so all the booby traps that they make for the pirates <laughs> that come after them are like made out of dental floss and stuff Amazing. like that as like trip wires okay so yeah all right so yeah we can put down one or two to start with oh this is when we use these rocks okay. so whoever wins is supposed to get one so we know okay. who, who's like the winner by the end so you've won one of these mm -hmm. and right. at the end that it means something okay all right ready sure i put down a five i put down a two okay so are you happy with that or i'm okay with that for now yeah i'm okay with it too all, all right. right so then take a rock for yourself and now i narrate this how you resolve the situation so yeah, I think he, he starts to, um, he feels like the pressure of that dental floss trap, you know? 
and but he's quick enough to um, do it before it catches or breaks or anything. So he, um, I, I mean, kind of boring, but I think that he just figures it out without tripping it. And maybe he looks over and it's, um, what would be a good trap that they've set up? Maybe it's just an air horn. So this was going to alert everybody, mm-hmm. right? So it wouldn't have killed him anyway, but he's like, all right, this is just a, I mean, a trap house means something else, but a booby trap house. There we go. Uh, and he, I think he he looks up those stairs again and looks back down and just like, a, not worth it. And yeah, I think he just gets out of this house and he goes back outside or he you know he checks for that woman again and oh he goes out the back door instead so now he's um kind of you know in this overgrown backyard and i think the sun's going down now so it's like um it's getting orange and stuff so um maybe he says you know since he's the only one here he's like fuck gotta find somewhere to, to go to sleep gotta find somewhere to hunker down for the night so, um, yeah, I think he, we see him like hopping a fence to go into someone else's backyard, you know, just to get away from this woman, whoever was there. And there's some time that passes, and now it's um, just like dusk, you know, I guess, I don't know how long, 15 minutes or something, but it's, uh, it's now nighttime, it's very dark. Um, I think he kind of, maybe creeps into this um what vehicle like a mm, like a minivan type thing and he's um oh maybe it was in somebody's um driveway yeah so he stumbles onto this driveway sees a minivan there and he's um you know checks to make sure the coast is clear and everything and he kind of uh oh he does that thing where he uh Maybe he gets some, something in his duffel bag, like some kind of extra, um, maybe an extra jacket or something, and just does the, the elbow thing to uh, quietly break open this thing without cutting up his arm, you know, and kind of goes into this, like crawls into this van to sleep for the night. And he, he I mean, very similar to the uh, this woman that was hiding in the trunk. He kind of goes into the back of this van, um, Maybe there's like, oh, it's like very dark. There's like a car seat or something that's been abandoned. And he takes stuff out of his duffel bag. He's like done this a hundred times probably and just kind of puts clothes and stuff over him to camouflage himself for the night. And just hear him like sigh. And he takes another drink of water from his duffel bag and then he goes to sleep for, you know, an uneasy sleep. just hear this like pounding on the the window woken up and i think there's like four people outside this van unless you want to make a choice or something sure I'll and this make... will be the last choice of this section oh we do three per one mm-hmm. okay so yeah I'll, I'll do that so wait so the way you worded that is there are four people pounding on this van Unless I want to make a choice. So part of the choice could be there aren't? Oh, yeah. I guess there are. And then okay. the result of that is we're seeing who's going to have uh, control over it. Gotcha. So either these could be helpful people or they're all going to kill you. 
But so, if I want to control the narrative, I should purposely try to lose. Yeah, but then you would have to say how it's bad. Okay. Gotcha. So then it has to be negative. Right. But then I get control over the narrative. So when I had control over the narrative, I had to do something positive. It's like, oh, you didn't get the trap. Interesting. So with this game, really one of us is the positive and one of us is the negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's my job. They kind of say that to, like, make everything dangerous and awful for for the you character. Mm-hmm. But then, if I win, I describe the negative and the dangerous oh, thing. Yeah, sure. And if so you win... Is, yeah, that's the exception. That's interesting. Interesting. So if it's a situation that's... Okay. All right. And then also, whatever this is, is kind of going to lead into a flashback. Okay. So some time might pass directly after this action. Gotcha. Right. And do we draw new cards after this? Yeah, I think so. Uh, all right. Yeah, so I guess do it. Well, no, I'll keep. Ooh, two. Don't like that. All right, ready? I got an eight and a queen. Ooh, nice. So that's nine plus five is 14. And I've got a king, which is 10. Mm -hmm. And I think you immediately draw one. Yes, you immediately draw an extra card, because I played a king. And it's... Yeah, 14. So then I draw a new one. Do I play it immediately? No. Oh. This is just part of your hand now. Now we can raise if we want. So you've won, mm -hmm. um, but I want to win. So I'm going to raise. I think we add them all. So you can play as many cards now in the second? No, just... Oh, no. It's the same one, but then when we reveal them again, you have another choice. You have another... Oh, okay time to raise it again. so each time you can play one or two cards yeah gotcha the total here now is eight plus five is 13 14 15 16 17 i believe right yeah mine is 26 mm -hmm. so now I, i'm in the lead okay are you okay with that um Numerically, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Then get rid of all these. Uh -huh. Yeah. With, with what I had, I don't think I could beat that if you were willing to play any more cards. Gotcha. Um, and now... Do I also I, ditch these remaining cards? Uh, hold on to them now, because okay. I'm not totally sure. Um, so now you narrate briefly um, something bad that happens. Um, maybe against his better judgment, he jolts up and um, the pounding gets louder and these windows are smeared with dirt and it's tough to see out of them so all you see is kind of these like shadows through this you can't see who is doing this stuff you just see kind of hands or fists hitting this mm -hmm. and he kind of tries to gather up his crap really really fast and kind of maybe get hold of this knife and he looks for where he doesn't see the shapes um, for like a, a second and he's gonna he tries to open the door but just as soon as he tries to get the door open he's in a car and he has a duffel bag and he's trying to quickly escape and the thing just immediately gets caught on it and the door gets yanked open and someone grabs at him and they pull kind of at his, at his shoulders and he's flailing about 
and we see um, other people. It's it's nighttime still mm-hmm. outside. Uh, the moon is shining brightly. It's in kind of a desert-y climate. It had been super hot during the day. It's now cold enough where you can see your breath outside. Mm-hmm. So there's that swing of temperature and of... Um, I don't want to say climate, because that's not really what it is, but... Um, certainly temperature. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, these folks are wearing... Kind of just as much as much stuff as they could put on themselves to be warm Mm -hmm. in the night as possible. And the hounds. They have a dog with them? Yeah, oh yeah, there, sure, there is a dog. It's barking and it's it's going nuts. And um, he can't see their faces a ton because they're like covered up by like a lot of like a lot of cloth covering them. But when he does look over at the dog, um, the dog has that same weird thing that the lady had where its eyes are all messed up oh yeah cool and it's kind of just barking and just in the direction where all this noise is and these guys are trying to kind of pin his his arms i say guys but these people are trying to Mm -hmm. pin his arms and maybe pin him to the ground and he's struggling as much as he can because he does not know what's going to happen at all and um when he realizes he is not getting away through force of through force yeah. uh, like strengthening, like using his strength to get out of this um, he, he just says like you just hear him and I think I would rather personally this be the first time you heard him speak rather than oh, the sure. earlier thing of speaking to himself because mm-hmm. uh, I think it just has more of a dramatic oomph cool yeah um, and so this is the first time you hear him kind of yell out in this frantic voice that at first doesn't, it does, it sounds really weird. And I think it's because he does not speak for days on end because mm-hmm. there is no one to speak to. And so his voice is w- cracky and raspy. Yeah. Um, kind of like when you first wake up, if you immediately try to speak, your voice is all weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just says... Oh, after, once he once he sees the dog, and again he he realizes he cannot force himself out of this. He'll uh, and he notices almost all these people have like stuff over their eyes, mm-hmm. and he just yells out like, "I know, I know where there's a doctor. I, I know where there's I know where there's a doctor. I know I know a, doc- a doctor who can help you. I know where there's a doctor." And he's just saying that over and over again. And maybe the first couple times he says it, it's not easily discernible Hmm. and um eventually that's this kind of thing that he's just telling them he's like if if i could i could bring you there i could bring you i could i could bring you there i I know i know i know there's a doctor bullshit and then they just like hit him with the like a the end of a rifle or something Mm -hmm. and he everything goes black Thanks for joining us today for This American Dice Presents The Last One, a game by Alberto Tronchi, published by Luce Ombra. There were only two players in this game. It was Austin as the last one, the chef, and David as the other. Eh, Pretty much the game master of this situation. Please be sure to join us next week on This American Dice. Check out our website, thisamericandice.net or .com. Either one. You get to choose. Have it your way. That's our slogan. We came up with it. See you next week, folks. And don't forget to tell a friend, tell a family member. And if you don't have any family left, I'm sorry. And if you don't have any friends left, well, come on down. We'll, We'll see if it works. But I'm not promising anything. Nothing funny.
Thanks. This is Mary and Dice.